Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, I want to just start out today. It's a, it's a little different meeting today. We're going to be um, sharing with you some things that have been in process for like the last year, um, but bringing uh, a, a word in this moment that I believe is is key and and so strategic for where we find ourselves as a community. My name is Darren. My wife Wendy and I were just honored to, with the team, uh, birth this church, see this church come forth in South Florida, this community, and and honored that you're here. If you're a first-time guest, welcome, welcome. We're better because of you being in, in this place today. But let's pray. Father, thank you for a moment where we can engage our hearts with your heart, and I just pray that you would speak to us. I thank you that that we have the capacity to see today and the ability by your grace to hear, and I ask that you would open up your word God, to us today that we would be able to be attuned to what you're saying to the body of Christ, specifically us um, as a community known as the harbor, and that you would just lead and guide this time in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I want to I read a verse to you today that, that's going to kick us off. We've been talking about tipping points. We just went into a, a series on tipping points, because tipping points are key moments, I believe, that, that set something in process, in motion. And I want to read the definition of a tipping point to you today. It says, a critical point in a process beyond which a significant and often unstoppable effect or change takes place. And if we look in the Word of God, we'll see that there are tipping point moments that, that sets something into motion that is unstoppable, that is, that is unable to be hindered or, or, or held back by the grace of God. And last week we looked at the power of unity, our union with the Lord and thus our union with each other, and how that is literally a tipping point um, in, in, in the move of the kingdom on the earth. And today I just want to touch on discipleship as we go into sharing with you our instructional framework that we've put together here to see disciples come forth in our midst. Look at this with me in Matthew 9, verse 9. I love this verse. It says, when Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew who was sitting in his tax collector's booth And he simply said to him, look at this, follow me and be my disciple. And Jesus, as he said this to him, Matthew got up and followed him. That's powerful, man. Like where he's able just to speak these words like, follow after me. And this man who was doing something completely, Completely on the other spectrum of anything that would reflect the kingdom of God, just gets up out of his seat and begins to follow Jesus. Disciple, by definition, is simply someone who is a learner of the way of Jesus. Not a learner of religion, not a learner of Christianity, if you will, but a, a learner of the ways of Jesus of Christ himself. I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, man, you know, congregations that, that we're, we're a part of may fail us. Leaders that we sit under may, may let us down. You know, uh, our, our authority figures in our life, our parents, whatever they may be, could, could disappoint. 
But I said, Jesus will never, never be any of those things, ever. Perfect theology of the essence of the Father is Christ himself. And a disciple is a learner of Jesus that I want to submit to you actually will continue throughout all of eternity as we come to understand this one called Christ, the Son of God. There are so much, there's so much to the essence of who he is. You can never exhaust your ability to come to a place of fully understanding this one named Jesus Christ. Come on. There is a facet to who he is that, that should fascinate our hearts, and we are on this journey. Well, we're back into to football season, right, in, in, this, in this time of, uh, you know, of the calendar year. And one thing that inspired me, I don't know if you saw this story, there was, there was a young boy who lived here in Florida, I believe up more in, in the central part of Florida, and their school was having um, a dress-up day where people wore the shirt of their favorite team, some sort of jersey or shirt or whatever, their favorite college team, professional team. And this young man was a team of the University of Tennessee, the Volunteers, but he didn't have a, a shirt that, that, that fit that, that team exactly that he had purchased. So he took an orange shirt and he drew upon a piece of paper and attached that piece of paper to the front of his shirt, UT, standing for the University of Texas, or, uh, Tennessee, and, and he wore that to school. I don't know if you heard about this, but, but many of the students there bullied him and made fun of him for wearing this t-shirt, but the teacher, this lady, intervened, stepped in, stopped the bullying, and actually sent the story of this young man to the university, and this thing went viral by the millions, literally. And the University of Tennessee actually took the design of what that boy had drawn with his own hands and actually made a literal t-shirt out of it, and it began to sell by the thousands upon thousands. And news stories now have, go look this up, University of Tennessee t-shirt, young boy, it's, it's out there, and there's all kinds of amazing videos, in fact, on, on uh College game day yesterday, it was one of the feature stories before all of the college games kicked off. And the, and the testimony of this young man who, 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 who loved this team and designed this quote-unquote foolish-looking t-shirt all of a sudden became famous in the, in the nation. It didn't stop there. The University of Tennessee gave this young man a four-year full-ride scholarship on his tuition whenever he chose to go and attend that university. It's an incredible story. And as I was watching this, I just felt inspired in my heart of the team that we're a part of called the Kingdom of God, led by our leader, Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect reflection and image of the Father. And sometimes the jersey that we wear can appear very foolish on the front end to the world, very simple, very, 
in some ways maybe not as attractive as all the other jerseys of all these other kingdoms and all these other teams, if you will, that are out there on planet earth right now. But I feel that as we get up out of our seats of complacency and doubt and fear and begin to respond to the voice of Jesus and follow him, that his fame is going to be known in the earth. And likewise, because of that, by default, the fame of his bride is going to be known. You may be a nameless and faceless one, but trust me, your name is going to be known in the earth as it is in heaven. And there will be great reward with this that comes for your boldness to put on your jersey and follow Christ, even though it may look foolish. Because if you think about it, like this guy getting up and responding to an invitation to follow Jesus is really one of the most foolish things in appearance-wise on the front end. So discipleship is this tipping point. It's, it's becoming one who understands the ways of Jesus. But it's not just becoming a disciple. It's making disciples. You see, when we receive for ourselves this this beautiful, wondrous mystery, we're actually called to ultimately give it away. We see this in Matthew 28, where not only we are called to become a learner, an understander of the ways of Jesus, but we're to go and make disciples of nations. We're to teach other people the ways of Jesus. Can I get an amen? It's not just to, to come and just receive for ourselves, but it's, it's to give away this beautiful gift to other people. Now, there's a, there's a culture as it relates to discipleship that we've really grabbed a hold of. And I think it's very, very important for you to understand where we're coming from in this culture that we carry as it relates to seeing people come into a place of understanding the ways of Jesus and ultimately nations. It's a big vision. Nations of the earth becoming disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I did a study one time on the process and, 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 and strategic ways that we can see disciples come forth. And a lot of times, I think, for, for ye, over, over years and years and years, we've looked to one person whether it be an evangelist, a pastor, an apostle, a missionary, a famous teacher, whatever, to do the work of ministry and discipleship for us as the church when God is actually wanting to raise up an entire army. Oh, come on. It's not about the one. It's about an, a multitude of sons and daughters that are, that are put into motion by the grace of God as it relates to discipleship. Did you know this? If, if one person, and thank God for the Billy Grahams of the world and others that the Lord is still using right now, I'm not saying that's bad at all. In fact, we should cheer that on. But did you know that if we leave it up to one person, even if they led 70,000 people a day into this relationship with Jesus, and began to disciple them from that 
point forward in maybe some systematic, scalable way that could touch all 70,000 people. Did you know that it would take 280 years to reach the world for Jesus? 280 years. But listen to this. If each believer on the planet right now simply gave what they carried away to one other person a year, it would take three and a half years to reach the entire world for God. I want you to sit with that just for a minute. I love the ones that the Lord is raising up that are touching multitudes of people through their ministry or the grace of God that's on their life or whatever they're doing. But what could it look like if each and every member of the body invested even just in one other person a year? I'll tell you what would happen. A tipping point would happen. Something would be set into motion that could not be stopped. And so what we're going for here, as much as we're raising up missionaries and other leaders within the body of Christ and marketplace leaders who are influencing myriads of people, we're after every single son and daughter being equipped by the grace of God to give away what you carry to somebody else. Where no one in this room, no one under the sound of my voice, no one listening to this podcast, no one, you know, watching us all over the world right now on live stream would think, man, that they're not equipped and and able to give away the mystery of Jesus to somebody else. This is our goal. And I thought about this. I I thought about like, I thought this, this statement that came to my mind, not everyone is called to travel or to move for the sake of, of the kingdom of God. But everyone is called to be a part of the journey of discipling the nations of the earth. We, we see this in, in the Apostle Paul, who, who apostle simply means sent one. He was someone who was traveling, who was moving around the world. And I think there's legitimacy to that. I really do. This church wouldn't exist unless some people gave up the homes that they were living in, you know, moved away from the families that they were close to and came to this city under the unction of the Lord to plant this church. Harbor would not exist. There is legitimacy to people moving to other places, going to other nations, getting strategic under the voice of God to be obedient to what he's saying to do. There is legitimacy to that. In fact, if you look at Romans chapter 15, in verse 15 and 16, Paul says, he says, and because of the outpouring of God's grace on my life to be a minister and to preach Jesus, the anointed one, to non-Jewish people. You got to understand, back then, when all this started was in Jerusalem. The Jewish people of that day, they had no interaction with what were called the Gentiles or the different nations of the world who worshipped different gods than Jehovah. And here the Lord calls this guy to to travel, to go different places. And he said, there was this grace on my life to minister to the non-Jewish people. There may be people in this room that there's grace on your life to go and touch people that, that right now are unreached, that are not being ministered to. There's nations all over the world right now that, that have never heard or had availability to the witness of the gospel, ever. It's astounding to think. 
He said, I've written rather boldly to you on, these, on some of these themes, reminding you of this importance. Verse 16, he says, for this grace has made me a servant of the gospel of God so that the non-Jewish people can be set apart and made holy by the spirit of holiness. But to make this come full circle, look what, look what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which, which involves the entire body of Christ. He says, you are God's chosen treasure. I love the language here. Priests who are kings, meaning you are part of the priesthood of God. The priesthood, you know, you've heard this theology, the priesthood of every believer, meaning that you carry something of heavenly significance. Who are kings, meaning you are called to reign in the earth. Not just exist, but to reign, literally. You are priests who are kings. I love this language, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He's called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light and now claims you as his very own. You've been adopted into the family. Look at this. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Wow. What does that look like? Time to get creative. Time to get outside of the box of how we've always done things. We need to partner with Holy Spirit and ask him, what does it look like for me to be a part of broadcasting this glorious good news to the entire planet in this hour? Start thinking big. I said to our partners class today, the the final class in Harbor Life, wave one, I said I was so inspired by a story that I heard recently. I was meeting with a guy who, who got influenced and touched by an organization that pours into leaders. And he was telling me that the founder of this organization um, was impacted by another believer. This guy was a follower of Jesus, and, and, and this young man came to him, was, was drawn to him because there was something different about his life. Can I get an Amen. People are drawn to us, there's favor because there's something different about our life. And he said, I want you to pour into me, I want you to coach me in business. And, and the guy said, well, and he handed him a Bible and he said, go read this. And, and, the, and the young man at the time, he said, he said, listen, so-and-so, whatever the guy's name was. He said, you know, man, this is a little, little intense. I mean, you're, I think you're kind of crossing the line here. You know, I think religion is a very personal thing, and I think you're kind of overstepping here right now, asking me to go read this Bible. And the guy said, well, listen, I think you need to go find another mentor. Because I just gave you the, the, the most powerful book as it relates to business influence on the planet, and you pulled the religion card on me. So the guy started reading the Word of God and got radically transformed by the power of the Word. Come on! He just, got, just started reading the Bible, got transformed by the power of the word. And then he started seeing that, man, his life as a disciple, as a learner, had the potential to f- affect other people's lives. The fruit of our discipleship should be a passion to see what God's done in us affect other people. And he began to get a hold of that. And so his mentor began to ask him, As it relates to legacy, 
your ceiling becoming someone else's floor. Talk to me about what God's doing in your heart. And he went on and started telling about how he wanted to see his life affect people, but it was only one generation deep. And the guy began to challenge him and said, man, are you going to leave it right there, one generation? Or is there more? And this guy, Brian Clemmer, I believe is his name, he began to, to sit with Holy Spirit. And I told the, the group back there, he came up with a 500-year plan to leave legacy from his life to other people. 500 years after he passes away that the system that he was going to put into place to influence people was going to, if Jesus tarries, carry on big time for 500 years. Man, when I heard that story, I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I am thinking way too small here. How much are we as a collective of body, body, just trying to make it through the day, maybe. And those are realities. But, man, if we join together, strengthen one another's hearts, see everybody rise up out of the midst of whatever challenges that we're going through collectively as a community, what kind of impact could we leave on this world for the glory of God? So just for the next few minutes, what I want to do is I want to give you some exciting updates on the uh, instructional mechanisms that we as the church, you got to hear this, this is really important. The instructional equipping mechanisms that we, everybody point to yourselves, we as the church are going to utilize to teach the way of Jesus to those who have a hunger to learn. If they're hungry... We're here to teach you. We're here to, to give away what we have. But we as the church are going to do that, and we're going to use instructional mechanisms. How many of you know that a service, like we're sitting in here today, a meeting is not the church? A class is not the church. You are the church. The church is people. The church is human beings whose hearts beat on the inside of them, and all the other stuff that we do are mechanisms, strategies to, to reach and instruct people in the way of Jesus, where by the grace of God, we pull down strongholds. In other words, we pull down ungodly belief systems that have been formed in their minds, and we see the truth of the word come in and wash them by the water of its power to, to see you know, all old mindsets and ungodly belief systems dissipated under the truth of the love of God, right? It shapes identity, reveals the, the reality of intimacy. It talks about the impact that we're called to make. It, it's, man, we're, we're all about leaving inheritance on the world. It's, it's that kind of stuff. So I want to remind you that as I give this few-minute talk here at the end, I, it's all about the instructional mechanism that, that we've titled True North, and I want to put this up there for you. You know, back in the day when God began to reveal this whole True North concept to us that, that we're aiming for, which is transformed people, because we believe that the power of the gospel has the ability to transform a life, if you believe that, say amen. And then because you've been transformed by your very nature, 
you're going to begin to transform culture because of the spheres of influence that God has put you in or he's going to put you in. Testimony was back in the room today about someone who, in their workplace, some people came up to them and just said, I don't know what you have, but whatever it is, I want it, coming from a person that didn't know Jesus to that individual. That's what we're talking about. Transformed people, transforming culture. And, and it's, it's true north. It's the direction that we're heading. We're not going to veer from that vision. Did you know that you could be, if you're flying an airplane, you could be on a perfectly north heading on your, on your compass, but if you haven't triangulated that, that heading or that direction in, in hundreds of miles as you fly up to, towards the North, north Pole, as you, so you think it based on your compass, you will be hundreds if not thousands of miles off by the time you get up to that place. So tri, true north is triangulation of three points that keeps you centered on where you're going. And I believe that these three realities will keep us centered as we journey this discipleship path. Worship, engagement, and servanthood. And at its core is, is a very simple hybrid model of what we, what we have as gatherings and groups. And I want to just talk about that for just a minute. From the very beginning, gatherings and groups have gone hand in hand. You see, we can't just worship without connection to other people. We can't just come in and gather without intimate relationships with each other. It's like, man, I've seen that become so imbalanced in so many ways where people are like, well, it's just me and the Lord, you know, I'm just worshiping Jesus. And they don't have any connection horizontally with any other life to prove what they believe out, actually. Lots of theologies, lots of belief systems, but man, gatherings and groups go hand in hand, and we have always been a hybrid model of those two simple expressions, where we come together and worship, but we connect with other people. So I want to take a moment and just look at gatherings for just a minute and give you some updates on where we're kind of heading with this whole thing. So with with gatherings, I've already mentioned this True North model, um, we are going after intimacy, if you can put that next slide up, on True North gatherings. We're going after, in worship, we're going after three things. Intimacy, identity, and impact. Listen to me, and listen to me with all boldness and confidence. If you grab a hold of who you really are, knowing that you are able to enter into that person that you were always meant to be in Jesus because of intimacy that now is available with the Father because of what Christ has done, you will for certain make an impact on this world. 100%. The good majority of believers, unfortunately, right now, don't even understand that there is constant 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year, access to the presence of God. Well, Darren, when I have messed up and I don't feel it, I don't think I can really go there. Lie. Hebrews says, come boldly before the throne of grace and find help in a time of trouble. We don't run and hide behind bushes anymore like Adam did in the Old Testament. We come to the Lord in those moments. We have access. Shame and condemnation no longer rules over us. You will be changed if you become a worshiper. 
The eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro across the entire world looking for those whose hearts are truly his. We're not playing a game up here on the stage. We're not hype people. We want to worship God because it's due his name. And worship is all about intimacy, identity, and then making an impact in the world out of that space. So the Holy Spirit here's some updates, has been leading us in a threefold expansion as it relates to our worship gatherings. And here's what's happening. In October, the first Friday in October, first Friday in um, November, and the first Friday in December, we are relaunching and building a team for Friday nights here at the harbor. Now, that's, that's been a long time coming, and we want to see a team established so that we can go weekly in the new year starting in February. That's our goal, but we need people to say, hey, I'm going to lock into the harbor. Friday nights in our, in our history has been a massive net in the region for us to influence people and disciple people's hearts in the ways of Jesus. And the crazy thing is, that is include other pastors in the region, other worship leaders, other business people, other church members that, man, heard about what's going on here, and they came streaming in over the years to Friday nights, and, man, I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of these people getting changed on Friday nights. So if you could help us, I want you to pray about what your role might be in helping us to pull these meetings off. So we got a, a team that's committed right now over the various areas, but we need an army to be raised up to make this happen. I believe it's going to be one of the most impactful things that we do. Secondly, we are relaunching, by the grace of God, in January for a four-week um, week long four-week uh, process uh, of prayer. The furnace is what we call it. We had the furnace back in the day. It was amazing. And it's where we minister first and foremost to the Lord. And out of that is cultivated even more intimacy, more identity, greater impact. Trust me. And it's the, it's the engine room that fuels literally everything that we do. And we're returning to that place. And so we're going to take three, four Wednesdays in January and have prayer furnace sets where with worship and intercession blending, blended, we're going to start to shift the atmosphere over a region once again in the place of corporate prayer. It's powerful. Come on. And we're, and we're wanting to go monthly from there, having a first Tuesday of every month prayer and worship set right here on our campus. And man, I'm telling you, I have a feeling there's going to be people from all over the region start to hear about this thing and come in to experience the presence of God in prayer furnace sets. Amen. The last thing is that, that we are going to have in the first Friday of February, February 1st, we're going to have our first encounter weekend um, happening that's going to be actually at different times during the, the year. And this is in a time of instruction and an experience as it relates to the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of weirdness. There's been a lot of abuse. There's been a lot of poor teaching as it relates to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to come and bring solid in, instruction and solid experience as it relates to Holy Spirit who is a person starting February 1st, and, it's, and you don't want to miss this. Everybody right now say, I'm coming to the Encounter Weekend. Just go ahead and make plans to come. It's going to be powerful. Your life will be changed. You will never be the same again after you come through that weekend. Trust me. 
You will have your blinders lifted off. You'll have awareness and understanding about the Holy Spirit. Paul actually said to the church in Corinth, he said, I don't wish you to be ignorant concerning the Holy Spirit. There's been ignorance and abuse, those two things, and we're going we're gonna to demolish both of them, and we're going to see the purity of who Holy Spirit is come into our body. Come on, because there's, there's power and, and, and purpose in it. But here's what I want to say. All of what's taking place in our hearts via our gatherings is made perfected through engagement with one another in small groups. So I want to look at this briefly, True North engagement graphic. Hear me again. If you have someone that you are receiving from, could be from a stage, could be more of an intimate relationship, someone who, i.e., mentorship, or if you have someone that you are sharing life with, friendship, and you, are, you have someone that you're giving what you've received away, discipleship, you will be transformed. 100%. If you're connected in these three ways healthily, there will be a, a fleshing out of all that you're experiencing and learning in worship. How many of you know that are married? The partnership of that other person in your life perfects all of the theology that you say that you believe. Nod your head like this because it's so true. And for all the married people, go ahead and nod in advance because it's coming. You can't have this for real unless you have this right here. Trust me. It all boils down to other people that God puts in our lives. And the rubbing of that in a beautiful way, the sharpening of that, is what brings forth beauty. So we have small groups launching that are, that are amazing. And, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to have you come up, but could I have all of our small group people stand up? They're going to be actually in the cafe. Can we give a huge hand for all the small group people? Yes. So here's the deal. After the service, there's information at one of the tables, but in the cafe are going to be these beautiful people, and I want you to go meet them, go connect with them, because there's, there's a young adult uh, couples one that's happening. Um, for those that are, that are seriously dating, engaged, or just got married, that's going to be a beautiful, amazing small group, all right? There's a couple of men's ones. There's a, some stuff happening with Harbor Women, women's group. There's beautiful different... Uh, groups that are taking place, go check it out, go see those people, all right? Lastly, as we wrap, wrap this up, everything that we're doing in this equipping uh, instrument, right, is supported by a servant's heart. We, listen, we couldn't be sitting in this building today, which church is not about buildings, but thank God that we have a place to gather Thank God that we have some classrooms to utilize. Thank God that we can, we can take this tool that's been put into our hands and maximize it for the glorification of Jesus. But everything is supported by a servant heart. So that's what undergirds our triangulation of navigation to get to transform people, transforming culture. And again, hear me. If you connect your heart to a community with your treasure, you will be changed. You, it, it, listen, I don't understand this, but it's hard to receive from someone or from a place or whatever when you're not connected in your heart. 
You know, for those who, who honor prophets, it says the Bible that, that you get the, the reward of that prophet. When you connect your heart, and the biggest way that you can connect your heart is with your time. You're here today giving of the greatest treasure of your life, your time, when you could be doing all kinds of other things on a beautiful Sunday in South Florida. The second one is your talents. Like what do you have inside of you to bring to this house that will make what we're doing better? Last one is your financial resources. The Bible says, you know, where the treasure is, our hearts are there also. We're connecting these, these three treasures to this place. Listen, without a servant heart, which is where it all begins, Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. It's, it's not about worship or even engagement. First and foremost, it's about, man, God, I want to be used. Connecting our heart. It's, it's, it's really, really powerful. But I, but I want to just say this. We are today bringing a call to action. We want everybody to find their place in this ministry that Jesus is raising up. Everybody properly positioned. Now, here's the deal. I've seen this angle worked where volunteerism is just about growing another castle within the kingdom. That's not what we're after. We believe that we have a voice, that we've been given a message, that there's a culture on us that's valuable to what God is doing in this region, in our nation, and around the world. Come on. That's, and that's, that's bold. I say that with boldness. We have something to give away. God has, over years and years and years, invested much to bring us to this point, and we need to get this word out. We need to influence through instruction, tear down belief systems, and see the truth of God come. We have a calling. We have something on us to give away to the world, period. And so we want to see that go forth. But at the end of the day, it's going forth because we want to see you empowered to go influence your sphere. I remember when I was in the business world, I thought my greatest value to the church was maybe being an usher or working in the kids' ministry, which we need both of those. Trust me, don't, don't ignore that. That's valuable. But ultimately, we want to see wherever you're placed, you be powerful in that space. Because God has positioned us all in this region for a purpose. So we're going to have things out there for you just to get connected, make, make yourself aware. If you feel Holy Spirit on it, jump in, go for it. It's going to be awesome. But maybe you don't know where to start. Harbor Life, i got to wrap this up. Harbor Life is beginning again October 6th. It is really good. In wave one, we talk about God. We talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how, they, how, how God, the Godhead relates to us as the church. It's, it'll change your life, trust me. And then wave two, we get into ministry stuff. We talk about salvation. We talk about the prophetic. We talk about the supernatural. We talk about freedom. There, there's really amazing things that will begin to shape you. And, you'll, and like, listen, the last groups that we just took through, they became like a, an entity, a family in and of themselves, just going through the four weeks together, the five weeks together. It's amazing. So jump in on that. October 6th, on your app, you can sign up for that right now, okay? Sign up on the app for, for, for wave, wave 1 and Wave 2 happening through Harbor Life. And what we want to do is we want to strengthen our current volunteers. We're going to bring this to everybody, people that aren't able to maybe serve in the future. But we want to strengthen our volunteers through what we're calling partner development classes. Let me just give you a taste of what these are going to be. Number, the first one's going to be from strength to strength. I think we have a slide on this. Strength to strength. Reframing pain and weakness. And allowing it to work on your behalf for the glory of God. Did you know that his power is perfected in your times of weakness? So we're going to have a class on that. 
from strength to strength. The next one is newfound identity in Christ. Living life through the accomplished work of Jesus. When you get your identity through what Christ has done, you will explode in your discipleship walk. Trust me. The next one is moving into freedom, uprooting fear, control, and anxiety from our lives. That will change you right there, that class. Embracing process, the mark of true discipleship. Well, I live in a McDonald's, get it in a minute kind of society. You do, but that's not how the kingdom works. Be aware that the culture of this world is not the same as the culture of this God. We need to embrace process. Yep. All of us are on a journey of becoming a disciple and making disciples, and there are times when we need specific care along the way. I want to have our harbor um, care team come up because I, I want you to see these guys' faces. They're going to actually be here at the end as the band comes back up um, to talk to. Could you guys all come up? Harbor care team, please. Just come up and stand along the front and, and look out at everybody. Let's introduce all these people. Let's give them a big hand clap. Um, okay. So, Harbor Care. There, is, there are a ton of people, and these are a representation of some of them, that carry the pastoral heart of Jesus and that are here for the issues above the everyday issues of life. When you're getting married, you know, when you're struggling with a, with a major issue, we have a team in place when you lose somebody. We have a team in place that's sharing and carrying the load of these moments. And, and, and I want to introduce you to them. Um, Jimmy and Terry Moss, could you guys raise your hands right here? Okay, so Jimmy is helping us um, to train this team. Jimmy and Terry were pastors here in this community for 30 years of a very amazing, powerful church by the grace of God. He, they've been brought to us as a gift. Can you say amen? Come on. And they're standing with us to raise up a powerful team that's going to be positioned to help in the, in, the, in the realm of pastoral care. And so we're so honored to have Jimmy and Terry. Jimmy and Terry still have a ministry that goes out and impacts other churches all around the world. And so they're going to continue to do that, but they're helping to serve us in this way. So this team is here to give support. Um, I want to introduce you, too, quickly um, to some of our new staff members uh, that, that have come on board. Sarah, I don't know where Sarah is. Where are you, Sarah? She may be with the baby. She's helping us in the realm of worship with some administrative stuff. Let's give a hand for Sarah. Um, there she is. Where's Morgan? She will kill me for this. Morgan, do I see you? Morgan, Morgan. Where's she? Oh, hey, Morgan. Can we give Morgan a hand? She's helping us with anything and everything, communications, and she has been a huge, huge, huge blessing to our team. Landon, where's Landon at? Come on, man. Come on up here. Landon, hey, this guy's a world changer that's being shaped and formed in this moment, but he's helping us with facilities. It's, it's crazy because if you just come and serve, you'll get connected relationally, and God will util, utilize that faithfulness to position you for the times to come, and that's, that's Landon's life. It's so awesome to have him. Anna's helping us as a PRISM intern. Where's Anna? Have you guys heard what's happening through PRISM? Ladies, it's awesome. So Anna's helping us with that. And then Esther, I don't know if she's here in the meeting today. There she is. Can we give it up for Esther? She's Harbor Kids intern in this new season. 
has moved here all the way from Louisiana, so from Baton Rouge. So can we give it up for her for just risking, taking a step of faith? Oh, my God. So we're here to make impact, all right? I'm going to actually close our meeting out today by putting a video up. But before I do, I want you to hear what this is all about. It's about impact, ultimately. God is raising up Harbor to be a movement right now in our region, in our nation, in the earth, to impact our community for God. Church United, this is happening through it. Love South Florida is coming up in, in, in November where we are going to impact our community through good works in the area. We're going to partner with Rich and them across the street, minister to the broken. You're going to be hearing more information of that. We're doing an unshakable sermon series with all of the other churches during the month of November. One unified voice on the power of the gospel being preached at the same time across all of the region. Um, Wow, all kinds of things happening. Uh, uh, friends and cities we're hosting here at our church. Uh, leaders from all over the nation are coming in to be a part of that. And we mentioned last week, and I'm close with this, uh, Tanya from the Bahamas, who's the young lady that's on the verge of giving birth to her child that really needs our help right now. She's here in South Florida. We're going to be sending out an email this week of items that she'll need to, to, to be positioned as a mom for the birth of this child, this beautiful lady. And we're going to collect those next Sunday right here in the church. And if you want to give money to help go towards her needs as well, you can do that through Bahamas Relief. All right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually play this video. Guys, you know what? I had you guys come up, I think, so that we can connect with everybody. I probably won't have you guys do anything. We're going to play this video and then we'll put on music because it's we the, the ministry time today is connecting with people. Um, I want to I want to play this video and then you guys are dismissed to go get into your your the places. Book of Acts tells a story yep. about okay. a group of people that changed the yep. world. Thanks, These guys. ordinary people sparked an extraordinary movement, driven by a unified vision. They discipled and deployed every follower of Jesus to spread faith, hope, and love wherever they went. Today. We believe the church, God's people, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are the means by which South Florida will be transformed. God has brought the nations of the world to South Florida. We believe it's so they can experience the transforming power of the gospel. However, no single church can own the lostness, the brokenness, and the pain of South Florida alone. And just like the ethnic and cultural diversity that's come to define this place we call home, South Florida needs all kinds of churches. It needs a movement of churches, a dynamic bottom-up movement that is unified by a common vision. For decades, God's people have labored to see the movement of the gospel take root in our region. Today, and throughout the last several years, we have witnessed God give us the grace for this journey in new and unexpected ways. Through prayer, we're continuing to see churches move from a mindset of competition to co-laboring pastors caring for other pastors, and a spirit of uncommon generosity as God's people run towards the pain of our community and step up to become patrons of this movement. We're collaborating on evangelism and church planting, forming strong partnerships with an intentional focus on reaching the next generation. And most importantly, we're seeing an awakening of Christians connect Sunday's faith to Monday's work. There is a gospel movement in South Florida and it's gaining momentum. You see, it's the gospel that's compelling you and me to put aside our own egos, logos, and interests for something larger and shared. 
It extends across all kinds of organizations, denominations, and churches. It's the gospel that's bringing life and unity into our cities. And it's the gospel that's been planted into each and every one of you that will fuel the next season of our journey. In fact, you are what this story is all about. You carry the very presence of Jesus Christ, not just on Sunday, but each and every day. Your unique gifting and vocation is how God's kingdom grows in South Florida. Plumbers and CEOs, stay-at-home moms and IT professionals, pastors and postal workers, small business owners and nonprofit employees. No matter who you are or what you do, your work matters. And it's a calling from the Lord to see South Florida look more like God's coming kingdom. As Church United, we're inviting you to discover your role in the story God is writing in our community. History is happening in South Florida, and you are part of the story. Yeah, let's give it up for the Lord. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm just going to pray over you. We're going to be dismissed. I know, parents, you have to get your kids. But let's take some time to meet some friends here today in different areas. Go connect. Go introduce yourself. Tell a little of your story. In the, lo- in the cafe, we have our small group leaders. And we also have some treats in there for, for you guys in general just for free if you want to go get it. Lemonade, popcorn, fun stuff. And we're going to have an amazing Sunday. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for, for your vision, for your heartbeat, for what you're doing in our region. You're making South Florida the best place to live and to work and to raise our families in Jesus' name. Have an awesome day, guys.